we have an invitation for you. We want to invite you to the first ever Intentional Motherhood Retreat. We want to invite you to join us for a three-day retreat of being given to. We know and live the beautiful challenge of motherhood. We know the feelings of aloneness, of inadequacy, of fear, of weariness that so often weigh us down in the midst of all it means to be a mother. We've designed this retreat with your needs in mind, your need for connection with like-minded women, your need for gentleness of spiritual formation, and ultimately your need to be strengthened for the task of motherhood. How long has it been since someone, anyone really, poured into you? We know the answer, too long, if ever. As a mom, you give and give and give until there's nothing left. So come to where we live in Bend, Oregon, a place of startling beauty, a place to come away from it all. Come with your best friend, your sister, your mom, come together or come alone. It was Dallas Willard who said, if you don't come apart for a while, you'll come apart after a while. So come, come apart with us for a while. Join us October 5th through 7th here in Bend, Oregon. All the details are in the show notes. Welcome to the Intentional Parents Podcast. Intentional exists to help parents in their God-given task to raise passionate Jesus followers. We exist to bring hope, help, and healing to families. Each week, we will talk about anything from parenting, marriage, lifestyle, and what it looks like to follow Jesus in our time. Intentional is made up of Phil and Diane Comer and Brooke and Elizabeth Moser. I am Brooke, and the funny thing is, we are all family. Elizabeth is Phil and Diane's daughter, so we're a family figuring this thing out together. We hope this podcast feels like you're sitting with us in our home talking about how to do this thing called life together. Elizabeth and I are your hosts. Let's get into this week's podcast. Welcome back to the Intentional Parents Podcast. I am here with Phil, Diane, and Elizabeth. Hello, everyone. Hello. 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 So glad to have all of us at the same table. It's summertime. Many people are going to be listening to this. Maybe you're on vacation or coming home from vacation. Uh, we did the intentional leadership retreat. That was really fun. It mm-hmm. was beautiful. Lake was Tahoe. Beautiful. And a lot of lives changed. Yes. And uh, Jerry Sitzer, who was on the podcast, oh, him and his wife Pat were there. Weren't, amazing. I knew you guys would be instant oh, friends. So this connected. was the first time Phil and Diane and Jerry and Pat met. And I was like, I guarantee just cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. Like immediately all of a sudden, Elizabeth and I were uh, obviously busy doing other stuff at the retreat. And all of a sudden, Phil and Diane are like going on a hike with them. And they're like going out to dinner and then they're just life stories. <laughs> well, it was, was like, pretty easy perfect. to, to you know, like them. Yeah, they're easy Just as uh, in uh, Anne of Green Gables, they're kindred spirits. Oh man, sure. that is a funny quote. Yes. <laughs> Anne of Green Gables. And I our, just remember that from when I was a friend. There's another line, bosom friends. Oh yeah, <laughs> in from that movie. Oh friends. my gosh. And yes. our pastor friend, Allard, all the way from oh, the Netherlands, there he is. who God yeah. really met with him there. He's a good guy. I mean, to me, it was worth the whole We all jumped uh, in. I jumped into the yeah, yeah, we jumped into Lake Tahoe, which is, by the way, freezing this time of year with a whole oh, group of people gosh. did a little cold plunge. It, it was, was like fun. seven in the morning. Yeah. And both Duke and Scarlett did it. It they was did. awesome. Oh, you pushed Scarlett in. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to clarify something. Scarlett 
in the moment she got out of the water, she goes, thank you, dad. Thank you. I she know. basically just had that. She's still at that spot where she just that little that little nudge over the edge, yeah. you know. And so I was like, hey, Scarlett, I'm going to push you. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. And then I just nudged her in. And then yeah. she uh, got, gets up and she's like, oh, dad. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Yes. I would have yeah. regretted it if I, I hadn't jumped. I know. So, hey, so we're talking to all these parents right now, but since we're a family too, should we at least mention that we just prayed for Elizabeth's older sister, Rebecca, who is Go ahead, say in it, yes. labor right now? Right mm-hmm. now. It's so hard to concentrate for me. I, I mean, because I want to be in the room with her. Phones are in front of us. We're just waiting <laughs> for the text. I know. I've got the yeah. text right here. Hear anything else. So, yeah. yeah. Very fun. Very grandchild yeah. number eight. Yeah, I That's know. Right. I'm so congratulations. A grandson. Son. A grandson. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Stephen Beck's having a baby. That yeah, our family's about to get really crazy. And yep. there's a chance, uh, I mean, you, Phil, and I, we're gonna be at Forest Home mm-hmm. next, week, next week. And so when people are listening to this, um, yeah, actually we'll be close to Forest Home, but we'll be there in Forest Home and uh, we might even get a chance to go see him and meet him. So mm-hmm. that'll be really cool. So we're really excited. I wanted to say thank you to everyone who's rated and subscribed to the podcast and left comments. Thank you. If you haven't done that, could you, what with whatever platform you're on, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, would you just take a minute and leave us a rating or even just leave us a, a review or subscribe? That's very helpful for us and really appreciate all of you who have taken the time to do that. It means the world to us. So thank you. And also just as a reminder, we have weekly uh, text devotionals uh, on marriage and parenting and family. So if you're curious to sign up for that, um, to get encouragement through devotions and texts and all that stuff, just go to the show notes and you can sign up really easily there. Uh, today, we we wanted to talk about something that I know Elizabeth and I, at least, I'm sure, I know you, Phil and Diane, get a, this question a lot, but I know we get a lot. And that is on this topic of grandparenting or having relationships with your adult children. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of those details that we wanted to kind of take a second to talk about because I know for us, we get so many questions coming in and, oh, Sloan's coming in to say hi. Hi, Sloan. Hi, Sloney. <laughs> Sloney baloney. I call her Sloan baloney. We, we do ministry with our kids. So yeah, yes. you might hear some little noises and, and footsteps in the background, which I'm sure is fine. Or screams maybe, depending <laughs> upon the time of day. Um, <laughs> it's a real family situation. That said, thank you, Elizabeth, for helping her. Mm-hmm. Is everything okay in there? Oh, yeah. She just wanted to know if they were only allowed to watch Bingo and Rolly. (laughs) (laughs) What did you say? Very important question. Yeah. Well, we can talk about that later. Talking about, but we want to focus on grandparenting because even recently, and we're going to do a and r soon, a lot of the questions came around relationships with with grandparents and, Mm -hmm. and the stage of life where, Phil, you and Diane are in, where you guys are grandparents Mm -hmm. and you also have adult children and you have generations now all below you. Most mm-hmm. of the generations mm-hmm. above you are, are no longer here. Yeah, and so it's, true. it's a really unique dynamic. And we have found that you guys have intentionally done this part of your life like you did the first part of raising your kids. And so we started talking about this and how this kind of formed is we were going to answer this question about grandparenting and quickly, because you guys have done this a lot, uh, Phil wrote down six things. And I was like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, that's mm-hmm. great. We've got <laughs> to talk about this. So um, 
you know, and, and we and this happens, you know, as far as content goes, sometimes one person gets it, sometimes we all get it. And this this episode is brought to you by Phil's experience and brain. So thank you <laughs> yes. for your spirit filledness. Yes. We're going to add to it, but thank you for creating the structure because I think what you said is going to bless a lot of people. I think it's going to be very helpful. So um, we want to start the, the conversation today. And I know there's a couple setups scripture wise and also maybe a couple overarching things that we want to talk about to really help frame these six mm-hmm. things. So we're going to have a conversation, but Phil, Diane, would you guys start us with this wonderful topic? Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, we launched Intentional in 2013, so 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were writing crazy. material in 2012, and it's hard to believe. We did our it's first conference in 2013, but over the past 10 years, regularly we get asked questions could you write something for my parents? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you could know? you do an episode so I <laughs> could, could you give do? it to my parents? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All so we were going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we were so busy teaching the parenting material. Uh, and now I think we're getting more serious about mm-hmm. Diane's, our writer, writing something mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. grandparents. And we have some friends who are really good grandparents who are on our stage that are doing some things really right. And so yeah. they would be helpful. But anyway, we don't know when we're going to get around to that. But I think the reason this came out so quickly is Diane and I talk about it all the time. And yeah. and we get asked questions about it all the time. And we feel like we're learning about it all the sure. time. I mean, just like when you when we first started writing uh, to parents about raising passionate Jesus followers, there was a period of time that was very, very humbling where we realized um, as we were studying the scriptures very specifically, how many things we had not gotten right. (laughs) Had we really had time to study like that. Um, And I think a little bit of that is true of grandparenting too. Like um, we are trying to discover how do we be intentional grandparents? How do we be the ones to do this really well? And what does that even look like? Yeah, Elizabeth quoted John Mark this morning. Then he, then he once said, I was a fantastic parent before I had kids. Oh, I don't <laughs> know if he said that. I was saying, did, I, did, he did might he, have said that. Did he say that? <laughs> no, someone else quoted it. Somebody else said that. Well, I don't want to misquote my son, but he has said a lot of cool things. All right, well. But yeah, we, were great, we were great, great grandparents before we came them. You know, it's yeah. like, no, you, you hadn't really thought... Most of us haven't thought the whole thing through. So it's Mm -hmm. by trial and error, just like parenting is, you know. Or we just move off of the pattern that our parents set before us or our grandparents set before us. So, But I think that what has been happening is over the last several years, we have been, what has been emerging for us is really a vision of who we are meant to be Mm -hmm. to the next generation. And by the next generation, I'm not talking even really so much about our adult kids as their children, Mm -hmm. and although they go together. Um, And so that's kind of what Phil has come up with together. Of These are more um, ways of moving in this sphere of our influence as grandparents and ways of not resorting to... Mm. Um, in this very influential um, position. And I had recently done a study for my last leg of school on on generations, a generational study about the differences between generations. And probably what stood out to me after, I don't not know how many hours I spent on this project, but too many. But the, what stood out to me more than anything else is is the idea of different generations' heroes, who our heroes were. So for like if Phil and I in the boomer generation, our heroes were great 
figures in history, you know, Abraham Lincoln, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, but the heroes of the current generation is not, are not great figures in history because we're actually finding out that most of them mm. were also making, they had clay feet. They were also making some errors that they were blind to that were pretty disillusioning. But the heroes to your generation, Brooke and Elizabeth, and your kids' generation are grandparents, which is so fascinating to me. So in other words, mm. I, the way I view that is our grandchildren are looking to us to be a type of a hero for them. Mm. And that makes us very responsible for every yeah. interaction that we initiate with them. And it, it really also adds that and really important value because I think there's gener culturally in America, and I think it's really important to highlight that this is not true of every nation in every place. Mm -hmm. We do not do a good job of honoring those above us or those who mm -hmm. are in your stage of life mm -hmm. where you're grandparenting. It's the sunset years or whatever mm -hmm. stage you want to say that is, but we don't do a good job of honoring that the yeah. culture or, and including that. And so I think it's really important to remember even by what you just said, talk about the value add, you know, yeah. your, your job's important, but think about how much more important it is when you now have another yet responsibility yeah. uh, in a good way to help your grandkids out in the yeah. way, if you, if you so have them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what we want to talk about because, you know, you can blow your privilege of being a grandparent oh, by just focusing picky. on yourself and, uh, or you can, you know, do a good job of it. But you're right. When you get outside the United States, which we've done a lot of teaching and traveling yep, in yep. Haiti and Africa, when you get there, age and wisdom is honored. You yes. get around in the United States, like, ah, oh, he's too old. You ought to just yeah. step down. Let us take over. <laughs> and, um, and also, um, uh, but I see this changing by the way, but you're too. right. It's been a lot of that. Like, you know, let's get our parents in a home where we don't have to just mm. let them take care of them. You know, <laughs> I see that changing. Yeah. yeah I see I now, I think as the family gets more and more broken, people are longing, like, what are my roots? And does anybody <laughs> care about me? And I need help, you know? Yeah. So this is, if there was ever a time for grandparents to have a full, important, meaningful life that just wants you to keep going because you can be so helpful. It's now. It's like yes. It's like I think the world that you guys are raising your kids in, you you need more help than ever. So I anyway. think yeah. the more godly yeah. you become, Phil, yeah. the more you mm -hmm. cry. I love it. Every time well I, you know, it's really beautiful. I think sorry. the more you're close to Jesus. I cry too much. No, I'm complimenting <laughs> this is a compliment. You are enjoying content brought to you by Intentional a crowdfunded nonprofit that desires to help families and marriages all around the world in the area of discipleship and spiritual formation. This offering is completely free thanks to the generosity of our growing community of Legacy Builders. Legacy Builders is a group of people from all around the world that give monthly to fuel this dream that we have in our hearts of seeing discipleship to Jesus in the family become a way of life. A monthly gift of $5, $10, or even $30 can continue to fuel this ministry forward. Our dream is to invite people like you to join and partner with us at a financial level and see this work integrated into families. So as you listen to this podcast, would you prayerfully consider joining us? Would you allow the Spirit to lead you, even if it's just to a few dollars a month? Thank you so much, and may the Spirit of Jesus give you wisdom, clarity, and joy as you pray about joining us. And if you want to join today, go to intentionalparents.org and click on Give. 
but I just noticed these six things that we're going to talk about for grandparents are also <laughs> exactly helpful to parents. Yes. yes. So, which shouldn't be surprising because it's all built on relationships. I just, if, if there's a parent listening, like, I don't want to hear an episode oh, of yes. grandparents. This is for you. All six of these things are going to be yeah. for no, you was, as a parent. I was just yeah. going to say that because I think the best time to prepare for being a grandparent is when your kids are little and in your mm-hmm. house. Because if mm-hmm. you can have the mindset when they're young that I'm raising them to leave me and right. not need me. Right. Like, oh, that's really good. To leave me and not need me. Yes. I'm writing that down. In an unhealthy way. Right. They're meaning, always going to need meaning, you, but yeah, not well, in an unhealthy way. Let me tease way. that out a little bit. Meaning, we're trying to raise like kids who are emotionally healthy, rooted in Jesus, able to like weather the storms of life resilient. with God, uh-huh. resilient, emotionally, like spiritually. That's what we're trying to do. Sure. And and obviously we hope that we still get deep relationship in their lives and get to support them the rest of their lives. Like that to me is is overall health if we still have that. But we're not raising them to be dependent on us the rest mm-hmm. of their lives. Mm-hmm. We're not raising them to when they have their own families to just add to our family and make right. us feel better. We want them to have their own families and we need to, we're going to talk about this, like switch that mindset of now our job is to support them Yes. versus we need support because they're in our home and and we're raising young kids. Mm. But I think the sooner we can have that, like as the long view of like, oh, our relationship is going to change and that can be a beautiful thing or I can go kicking and screaming and they'll want nothing to do with me if I don't allow that change to happen. Right. But I think as parents, if we can just be thinking about that, I think especially as moms, I think maybe this is easier for dads, but can be harder for moms of like, we need to be thinking about the teenage years when our kids Mm -hmm. are little. Mm -hmm. We need to be thinking about when they go off to college, (laughs) like, because that is happening Mm -hmm. and we need to not be surprised by it when, when it does happen. But Mm. so I just, yeah, to echo what you're saying, I think it's important. Yeah. I think the way we've said it is the moment your child is born, you start, you're preparing them to leave home. Yes. Right. And what do you want that day to look like? You want them Mm -hmm. to be able to stand alone and have a true walk with God and, and not not be codependent, like, oh, I can't do this without mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you raise them up yeah. and then you go back and now they're five, now they're seven, you reverse engineer. What do I need to do now? Yeah. yeah. I love that you but I love I, your phrase, leave leave me, but not need me. That's really good. Yeah. Not that not need yeah. need you in a codependent, unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I feel like it's important to say with that, I think we're seeing maybe a whole like I think a lot of your guys' generation that maybe had this mindset of like, once they hit 18, I'm launching them and I'm done. I get yes. to go, I get to go play now. That's very and they kind of start to let go at 16 because they feel like their mm-hmm. teenager doesn't want their advice. Mm-hmm. And by the time they're in college, they're like, hands off, you yep. go do you. Like, I'm going to go yep. retire and do my thing. Yeah. And Brooke and I and our peers, like all of our peers maybe in their mid-30s are – we're having these conversations where they're coming to us saying, I just, I don't know what to do with my parents. They, like, I want them to be involved, <laughs> but they they either don't want to be involved or they want to require us to be on every family vacation that they want to go mm-hmm. at. They want us to live near them. They want us, they're yeah. not feeling. They're feeling demanded upon it. Yeah. Instead of being able their parents have not let go. Yeah. So I remember not you and I, them. you and I had a quick hallway conversation in Tahoe mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Where we were talking about how important it is to have cultural context for things. Yeah. But, and I was asking you, when did this start? This like mindset as grandparents of like, oh, we get to go do our thing now. Yeah. And you were saying it's recent. Like you feel like it's recent. I think it's more recent. I think, and it has to do with the wealth basically, you know, in America so that Mm -hmm. we, you know, work super hard to earn a bunch of money so that we can go do what we've wanted to do our whole lives long. And Mm -hmm. that is so not a kingdom mindset. Yeah. Kingdom mindset is as long as I have breath, I am looking for how God wants to use me to bring people to himself. That it's, it's at the end, it's when Heaven comes to earth when mm-hmm. the final return that we're waiting for. And mm-hmm. that just changes everything. I mean, I don't have to visit every country that sparks my curiosity. I'm going to be doing that someday. I'm going to have thousands of years to do that mm-hmm. instead of instead of working super hard and then retiring super hard. Not, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously retirement is normal and healthy. But are we retiring to go please ourselves or are we retiring to really serve Jesus full time? Mm. Um, and that now includes our the, families. Now you're getting into the six yeah. things. So, so let's, but let's but get the, into that. The, okay. the 18, letting them go at 18, that goes back before. I, I That was before we were even married. That, did. that, yeah. that goes mm-hmm. way back. And it's a big mistake because your kids will make the biggest decisions of their life. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So, grandparenting. Psalm 78. Psalm 78 has been so inspiring to Phil and I as we've realized that, oh, there is a role for us beyond babysitting and gift giving and just showing Mm. up from time to time to, you know, indulge them in all the things they like, Um, which was probably the example we had from, at the very most, from our Although we are going to watch the kids if they can go on a date this week. We do, absolutely. And we do give them far more of the things just for fun. So Psalm 78 in the New Living. Oh, my people, listen to my teaching. It's just like a way of saying this is really important. Open your ears to what I am saying. For I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. This is important. There are hidden lessons in our stories. Mm. Um, hidden. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. Stories we have heard and know. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't hide these truths from our children, but we'll tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord. We will tell of his power and the mighty miracles he did. Mm -hmm. And it goes on and on. And basically going on to the negative, that's what we will do. The negative is if we don't do this, or in Israel's history, they didn't do this. They skipped generations of doing this. And the condemning uh, verse 11, they forgot what God had done and the wonderful miracles he had shown them. Mm. and that is that is pretty much the backbone of why we Phil and I believe that our relationship with our grandparents carries so much weight at this mm. stage of our lives. Yeah, but you know, I, I I know we didn't want to read the whole thing, but there's there's the grandparenting generation in the next verse. Teach them to their children that the generation might know. Okay. I was going oh, to read, read that, that at the one. end. Oh, I you're going to read it at the end. Yes. Save it. Don't do it. Let's, let's, put, let's put a pin in it. Let's put a pin <laughs> right, in it. We'll That's a, a great okay. verse. That's a great verse. Yep. So let's get into these. So we have these six, and I'm wondering, 
Um, should we take the? Let's start with the six. I did. Did you get a chance to say the thing on mindset? No, but I was going to start with that. Well, let's start with that. You start with that, and let's get into these six. Yeah. So as Diane and I have been thinking about, uh, you know, grandparenting, what we might write. Somebody I don't know who said this that it starts with a mindset change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you already talked about it, Diane. Like, okay, the the American kind of ideas. I'm going to make as much money as I can as fast as I can so I can retire as soon as I can so I can go have fun. Yeah. And and we're we're a nation that has too much leisure time mm-hmm. and and too much wealth and so and it doesn't ultimately satisfy. Um we run from thing to thing. And so if my mindset is that, you know, hey, I worked my tail off and I made as much money as I could and now I want to go enjoy it because I'm going to die soon. <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, you could live your life that way, focused on yourself. Uh, unfortunately, the Bible says the opposite, that we're to lay down our lives for um, for others. And that's where true joy is found. It's more, mm-hmm. Jesus said, it's quoted in Acts, but, it, you know, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. So it's like mm-hmm. in the giving away, there's a blessing. Mm-hmm. So um, the phrase that that you got for me from one of the books, was it uh, Ronald Rollheiser, uh-huh. giving your death uh-huh. away. Giving your death so away. So yeah. I now at 72 years old, soon to be 73 in August, I want to learn how to give my death away because I don't know how long I'm going to live, but I'm not to this point now. Okay, I've laid down my life. I don't have to do it anymore. No, I I have the privilege of pouring in Rebecca's in labor right now. I we want to stay close to that. It's going to be a challenge because we were always fifteen minutes from all of you guys. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we were there every week was date night, and I rocked Jude to sleep when he was a baby. Now mm-hmm. he's seventeen. Now we have a going to have a little boy a thousand miles away. So we're figuring that out because yeah. we're determined to to do everything we can to help and pour into them. So it starts with the change of mindset, like. I have a not a burden to bear, but a joyful responsibility to discharge. Mm-hmm. So it starts with that. And so I think anybody who wants to be a godly, biblical, good grandparent needs to start like, I need to change my mindset. It's not about me, you know, yep. right? Exactly. Like um, that book that we have by Max Licato. It's not about it's me. It's not about me. <laughs> I need to read yeah, it yeah. periodically because <laughs> yeah. I like it to be about yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you guys are giving your life away to the young That's parents. Right. You mm-hmm. are exhausted. Mm. You're doing the hard. It's what we get to do is way easier. What you get to do, oh, yeah. you know, exactly. parenting is grandparenting yeah. way easier than parenting. Oh, that's right? encouraging. Yeah. That's it's, encouraging. It's way yes. easier. It's, it's like you know. I think it was Greg Laurie said, "Grandparenting is your reward for all the grief you put up raising your own kids." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But sorry, sarcastically, yeah. but yeah, um, no. You guys are giving your life away right now. Mm-hmm. You know, good parents. It's a death to the self life. Mm-hmm. And so we did that. Diane, especially 30 years of her life, you know, her social security statement is zeros, 30 years <laughs> of zeros. But look at the fruit and yeah. Elizabeth and John Mark and Rebecca and Matthew. And, and so um, you're giving your life away, but we want to give our death away. So I think it starts with a change of mindset because these six things, you're not going to be interested in doing them unless you've already started off by saying, you know, I'm going to have the heart of God. I'm going to have the mindset of Jesus who who was obedient. He was a servant to the obedient, uh, to the point of death. Mm-hmm. He gave his life away, literally. But yeah. it's also the way of the life that is truly life. Exactly. It's, it's a way of joy and our, uh, our, our wrong mindset actually ends up in loneliness and disillusionment and disappointment because mm-hmm. we're not saying that 
people shouldn't retire or that they shouldn't go and do fun things. We're basically saying maybe see if you can bring one of your grandkids along and give yeah. them that kind mm -hmm. of focused attention while you're doing your fun things. So exactly. What's exactly. your first one that you came up? Phil, Phil just rattled these off so quickly. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> the first one, Elizabeth has a better word for it. So I had written down grandparents, godly grandparents need to be teachable, but she said humble and I like humble better. Mm -hmm. Um, so you start with a um, not like a hey I'm older than you, I've done everything you've done and I can do it better. <laughs> you know it's like or what I hear yeah. parents say if if maybe their kids are somewhat pointing out some flaws in their parenting, um, I hear parents say, "Well, you turned out okay," mm -hmm. which is so the opposite of a humble attitude mm -hmm. and a teachable attitude um, mm -hmm. and a learning attitude. Yeah, um, the humility yeah. is for a, a for a grandparent to have humility. It's to look at your kids and instead of thinking you know it all and you're going to point out what they're doing wrong, it's to come alongside and say, "Is there anything I'm doing wrong? <laughs> is yes. there anything we're doing wrong? Yes. Is there anything we could do better? Is there anything we're not doing that you wish we were doing?" You yeah. know, mm -hmm. so that starts with an attitude of humility, mm -hmm. and then when when you when we are Walking in humility is the Bible word is walk in love. Walk in the Bible actually says walk in humility. James four says God's opposed to the proud, but He gives yeah. grace to the humble. So then you have God's grace, you have His power, you have His presence. James four six He gives grace to the humble, and um, you know the joke about humility is humility is the one quality that once you think you've got it, you've lost it. <laughs> you know you never mm -hmm. say like I'm humble now. Yeah. But the others say, you know, I love that in James, that God is opposed to the proud and gives grace to the humble. But in my experience, this is true of other people and other relationships as well. If we, you know, our kids who know all of our flaws and failures, and they saw us when we were young and immature and made young and immature mistakes, and if we are defending some of those things, that our kids become opposed to proud parents, but they give incredible grace to, to us when we humbly apologize, mm -hmm. make no excuses, don't defend ourselves, mm -hmm. but just say, you are so right. If I had it to do over again, mm. I would not do that. It, yeah. Every time that I, you know, maybe my kids are uniquely gracious, but certainly weren't no. when I was raising them. They're pretty <laughs> forthright and honest. Every time that, that I've responded that way to either a realization or a criticism, I've had nothing but grace yeah. for my kids. But what you're talking about, I, you're not, I mean, I know all of your kids and they're all wonderful. <laughs> they all possess both abilities. But that said, I, I was just going to say the opposite. Phil, you read this and it came to my mind first. The opposite of a, a humble grandparent mm -hmm. or parent is a prideful one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing that ends a relationship and closeness quicker yes. than pride. I yeah. mean, there's just, it's just done because that person yeah. is like, Oh, this is how we do it. This is how we've always done it. And it's immediate closed book. So yeah. if you're hearing this and you're wondering, why am I not able to really be close? Maybe it is. Maybe the, the, the issue is complex. Maybe it is your kids. But I think it was, it's also important. If that pride is present, mm -hmm. closeness is the quickest thing to go out the window. Yeah, I mean, sure. you're not going to be able to connect and talk. And so I just would say for any grandparent listening or any 
kid listening who's like, I just can't talk to my parents about it. This is like a, this is in my opinion, this is like the key that opens up all these other mm-hmm. ones. Because if you yeah. don't have this one, mm-hmm. it's very hard to continue mm-hmm. down the list. We have a new offering for you. If you'd like to receive daily or weekly text messages and encouragement around parenting, marriage, with prayers and scriptures, click the link in the show notes and we would love to send those to you. Can't wait to connect more with you. Well, you know, I, I'm just looking at James 4 here again in that verse in context, but it's if once we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we have this mm-hmm. mindset change, which is basically you have the mind of Christ, mm-hmm. the Jesus mindset, you know, Mark 10, 45, the son of man did not come to to be served, but to serve. Okay. When you, then that changes everything because verse one of chapter four is talking about quarrels and conflicts. If yes. there's tension between grandparents and parents, it says the source is your pleasure. You know, your, it's selfishness. And I had written in my Bible here, the source of conflict is selfishness. The solution to conflict is submit to God down here, submit therefore to God and he will, you know, resist the devil, yes. he'll flee from you. So like when I, when I submit myself to God, that, that's a, that's a, smart thing to do because then I have his power and then Mm -hmm. I begin to have the presence of God in my life and then I can really serve with joy because that's the Holy Spirit. That's Jesus. Jesus is a servant. And so I have his power to go serve and he's the humble one. So his humility can come through. And so I think it it just starts there with that mindset change. Mm -hmm. But then I guess humility is not something I'm going to be humble. It's like when, when I say I'm not going to live for myself, uh, and and tell my kids, well, hey, I'm too busy. No, I can't do that. I'm doing Absolutely, this. Diane yeah. and I are doing this. And so no, you yeah, know that. But that unfortunately is uh, that is so many people's experience. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that and so we empathize with you if that yeah. is your experience. So first, humble, and then mm-hmm. uh, secondly, Phil, you want to say the second one? Helpful. Yes. Tell helpful. us what yes. that looks like as a as a grandparent. And yes, yeah, so I your think helpful. You know, when you think of um, helpful, it's it's doing practical things like uh-huh. you know when i taught through first corinthians 13 once uh-huh. i was surprised love is patient love is kind and kind i thought kind was like hey, it's nice, nice. Yeah. you know <laughs> he's so nice it means doing something useful for mm-hmm. another person yeah. that's the mm-hmm. greek definition of the word translated kind of first corinthians 13 so when we say somebody was so kind if you think about it, it's because they did something for you mm-hmm. they brought by a meal they brought flowers they did something for you, and that's what made you say they were kind. And so I think being helpful is is the practical side where we as grandparents say, what do you guys need right now? Mm-hmm. How can we help you right now? And it brought to mind a verse, and then, Diane, I'm sure you'll have some wisdom on this this one. When we, were, when we planted Solid Rock and we were, the church was going like crazy, we needed deacons. And so we needed, a, I wanted, what's the theme verse for deacons? You know, deacons and deaconesses, you know, it just means servant. And I came across this verse in Titus uh, 3.14, engage in good deeds to meet pressing needs. Oh, that's and good. I said, that's going to be our theme verse for our deacons. They're going to look at the church and they're going to engage in good deeds to meet pressing needs. I think as grandparents, you look at your kids and you, I'm going to engage. What do they need? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Diane, the reason we're doing watching your kids this week is she said two days ago, 
I think Brooke and Elizabeth need to go more time, go on more dates. And <laughs> I wonder why she's saying that. <laughs> so, so, so we said, oh yeah, they should go on more dates. No, she said, so let's offer to watch the kids so they can go on a date. Yes. And before so, I could even you. offer, Elizabeth texted, texted me and asked if they could have <laughs> yeah. time to go on a date. So God was working. So funny. I was, was yeah, like, I was, Diane, I was gone. I'm going to be gone. And yeah. this is like the middle of the moments like, to, yeah, for us to connect. Yeah. So I appreciate you. Well, being yeah, open so I think helpful is. And I do too. And here's the thing about being helpful though. You're being helpful for the sake of the other, not to be able to pat yourself on the back and say, I'm so helpful. I was just going to mm. say so, that. Okay. So you need to go to your kids and and ask them very humbly and teachably and honestly mm-hmm. what is what is the best way I could help you right now? Mm-hmm. Because that changes. And we would be um, blind to say it's always going to be the same for each of our kids mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we don't have to, we don't get to be judge and jury about what we're helping. Um, I think that's really an important part about being helpful. Helpfulness does not give us some sort of an edge to be able to control things in some way or to criticize, you know, Um, that's that leaving and cleaving. We let our kids, our adult kids do life the way they want to and feel they should do life. I mean, and that's on big things and little things, values, basically. Mm. Your kids, we talk about this in the conference, are not going to adopt all of your life values. And we're not talking about moral values here, just like preferences. My dad, for instance, had a very high value that I just, I personally value very much. His value of having a meticulously neat garage. Yes, you pass that down to your daughter, and it is now a burden it's in my very life. Very burden. Okay, <laughs> but it's we a burden never had. You didn't get that from me. So I know. I know. No, but here's the thing: <laughs> to judge somebody else because they don't share that value is is really harmful to relationships. Did so you to hear that, judge, honey? For instance, <laughs> have you know, we ever had a clean garage? Okay. Yes, all the time. <laughs> Okay, so all jokes aside, of we need to we we need to be really careful that when we're helping each other, that is the help that person wants and yes. needs, and not, oh, you know, I noticed that you're not as neat of a housekeeper as I am, so I'm going to come and help you clean your house or shame you in any sort of way. Yeah, I I just wanted to. I'm glad you came back to that because that's exactly what when you said it, I was personally, I was like. That is a difference maker of helping. Basically, I do these things and this is how I can help. And I don't know what that, I I can't describe fully what that feels like. Uh, I'll come up with the words in time, but, Mm -hmm. but it's a very interesting, it's weird. It's confusing because you feel like, whoa, well, they're offering to help, you know, so you feel like there's that checked box, at least for them, uh, that they're, they're going to help. The hard part is it's only in these ways in which are not very helpful to you. Or that's on their terms. Yes. And it's not helpful. Well, because it usually means it's existing to make them feel a certain way versus like what you were saying, what kindness in the fruits of the spirit actually means was to do something useful for another person, not useful for you. And as a grandparent, and maybe I could just say this to the grandparents or if you're, uh, you know, an adult child listening, um, it's actually not helpful when they are the ones that decide the help. Yeah. I think that the, the person that needs to decide what is helpful is the kid. 
and yes. that and that's the definition Absolutely. of help. Absolutely. What do you actually need help yeah. with? And sometimes it's not out of ill will. It's the no. grandparent is trying to be helpful and we as the kids have to be able be willing to sometimes speak up and say yes. that thank you so much for wanting to be helpful. This is what would actually be helpful. Is yes. there any way you could do this? Maybe that would actually be more helpful in this case. And that you know? is assuming goodwill. Exactly. You know, and when you assume goodwill, most people really want to rise up to meet that. Yes. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But I think good. going back to, and it applies here, I was thinking of this when you were hum humble and teachable, I feel like both fit. But, you know, mom, you and I have talked a lot about this. There are so many different things that are facing our mm -hmm. kids right now. Yes. Then that we, we were did facing. not face raising yeah. our kids. Yes. And I, I feel like it's driving a wedge between mm -hmm. um, grandparents and their, their kids, their adult children. When a child has anxiety or yeah. ADHD, or there's just something going on that the grandparent doesn't understand, oftentimes the grandparent can be judgmental mm -hmm. or just not humble enough or teachable enough to try to understand what's going on right and put their simplistic answers and Things which is that maybe not, made sense in the 80s and 90s with mm -hmm. the information yeah. we had at the time yeah but that no longer actually makes sense and that is not actually helpful so right. i think this is where the two go hand in hand but where yeah. i've been so grateful that you guys have been so um just willing to learn and willing to read all the reports from the neuropsychologists <laughs> yeah. and to you really mm. not just sort of tried to understand but really like sought to understand because yeah. it's had to massively shape how we parent and we've yes. had to parent differently than we thought we would mm -hmm. just to, because of the unique things that have happened with our kids yep. and yeah. rather than judging that you guys have chosen to understand it so that you don't judge it and you yeah. try to okay how can i help you because obviously this has to be done differently yes and exactly. before we move on to the the next one the third one i think it might be for some listening i just was kind of even sensing the reality that some of you are listening and just you know you're frothing you're just like i want this so bad yeah and i think it's very important to maybe highlight for some this will be a reality and for mm -hmm. some it will not be at all yes and it's really really this is the hard part is that it can't be forced you can't force your parents as an adult child you can't force your parents to to see this or be this way but you also um th there might be even some mourning or acceptance that goes on in this and so mm -hmm. i just want to say for anyone listening these are things that i think we have learned that phil and diane are gonna that are helping to say hey if you're in this age and stage of life here's some things that would really elevate your relationship with your kids and really help them with where they're at and i just want to highlight for those who don't have that, how hard that is, mm -hmm. and we're sorry for that, and our heart goes out to you. I, I think at the same time, this is what your goal is with your kids now. Yeah, you know, this yeah. is what you're going to be t doing in your own situation, but also you can do in the it future. differently. Sure, I, yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead. I was just talking to a friend last night, actually, who's um, has just always had a hard relationship with her father. He's never really been involved. He's an alcoholic. And they just invited him to come live on their property and get sober. And I was asking her how it was going. And she said, you know, perspective has been really helpful. Or and no, she said expectations has been really helpful. Mm -hmm. She said, when I view him like he's a child, 
because that's kind of how it is right now. And she said, I, I love my kids. She said, I love my dad. Mm-hmm. And when I don't have expectation that he's going to be something he's completely incapable of being, then it actually goes yeah. okay. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's like incredibly mature. Yeah. Very but mature. It, obviously that's taken a lot of work for her to get there. You first mm-hmm. have to grieve it, be honest about it. Oftentimes we need help with that. But I think, you know, to your point of what you were saying, there are some parents who you can't force them to want to be these type no. of grandparents. Some of them are currently incapable. I wouldn't say that anybody mm-hmm. is ever permanently incapable, yeah. especially in a world where help is is available. You know, we can always grow and change. But there are some who, whether it's a really traumatic background or whatever it might be, you sometimes have to just accept them how they actually are versus mm-hmm. and grieve what, what you wish they could be. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I'm thinking, I know we want to move on to the next one, but I do want to say a couple more things about helpful. You do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to go first? Or what? No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so what I was going to say is what you said earlier, like about right now you're thinking about your kids when you're launching them. Mm-hmm. Well, and even thinking about being a grandparent. So the thing that I've learned is I've learned from people's successes, but also their weaknesses. So mm-hmm. like when, you know, nobody's perfect. And so even people I highly respect, maybe there's something else in their life that, well, you know what, I don't want, I want to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, you can learn from, people's mistakes so if there's people listening and saying man my grandparents are never going to do this you Mm -hmm. can start decide you're feeling the pain of that right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. so you can say i have a chance to be a game changer yeah i'm gonna flip the script i'm gonna Mm -hmm. turn Mm -hmm. it around and i'm gonna give this to my kids kids one day Mm -hmm. if the lord tarries if he doesn't Mm -hmm. come back before then and if Mm -hmm. i have this opportunity to have grandchildren one day and you can start making your list right now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. because you know the hurt that you're feeling but you yeah. can say instead of getting bitter about it you can forgive and then you can say and now i'm going to start making my list of what i'm going to do right so for instance one of the things we do came from a, a hurt and a help so diane's parents were amazing grandparents i mean you grew up going to their mountain cabin vacationing and everything but when we moved to oregon we were you know 700 miles away and I know you were longing for for Matthew move mm-hmm. as two month old. We yeah. moved up here, yeah. so he didn't see them as much no. as Elizabeth. He never Rebecca. had that relationship. And you had wished. I remember multiple times. I wish my parents would just call and say, "We're going to fly mm-hmm. your your kids down one by one and just spend the week with yeah. us." And yeah. I don't know if you ever said that to them. You probably never no, never said that to like them. I but the there freedom. was an a thing that if they had said. Uh, and they were this is not to criticize them they were amazing grandparents in so many ways um if they had said is there anything else we could do that would really be a blessing to your kids you would have mm-hmm. immediately said dad you've got so much money right <laughs> which he did you know <laughs> and my kids you... you know i had four kids yeah. they needed individual yeah. they needed to be yeah. just the star of the show for a week would have been yeah. so amazing for mm-hmm. my kids yeah, and they did it for you i mean i gave you a mom's break i bought you a ticket to sacramento and your dad loved it he drove in his truck down picked yeah, up his daughter that's right made his fried my chicken favorite. for you yep. your favorite meal your mom ran your bath you know they yep. babied you for your mom's break but you know that's one thing they could have done so then we knew another gal who was a ministry of women's director in southern oregon when we lived there and she did this thing called uh uh grandparent vacation whatever she had all her grand grandkids over for a week so we we do camp comer you guys know every other week try to get everybody together every other year but we start a thing called grand comercation so we're flying you know, Jude can't come, but we're flying Moses and Sunday up to be with the cousins here for a week and they'll all sleep here. 
and we'll we'll do that. So because we found that's helpful because it's helpful to the parents because they get some time alone. And yeah. so I want to remind you, we, we have four is, kids, actually, so we're not yeah. going to be alone. <laughs> well, yeah, but they're all going to sleep here. Even the littles? Yeah. Even, I didn't know this. Grand this. I didn't know this. So, I no. knew there is a break in communication. We have not done a very you good You guys, job. we all work together and we live across the street from one another and we still can't figure out the seats. <laughs> okay, so we plan to have them all sleep here, right? Well, yes. Right? Only yes. if you're okay with that, but okay we will it. absolutely receive We're planning that. on it. We'll absolutely Praise release that Jesus. gift to you. <laughs> well, but our, anyway. our main reason for doing this is, is actually because... We have two godly families raising their kids to love and follow Jesus. And it is our hope that the cousins would be really um, live in community in yeah. a sense and they with do. each other. So that when the grandparents cannot be as much of an influence and the parents are not as much of an influence that they'll influence each other. But I was going to yeah. just say this one thing about being helpful. That's yes. all. And that is we need to ask our kids. And this is where I fall short so often. How can I help? What's the best way for me to help you in this season of life or with this child? And I've fallen fall short of that. So I'm even thinking in my head as soon as we're done with this, <laughs> I need I need to talk to you, Elizabeth, and say, how can I best help this summer? For instance, sure. kids mm -hmm. are all off school. What What is my best way of helping? And, you know, we... I'm as guilty of this as anybody else. I crowd my life super full of what I think are my responsibilities and then kind of move sometimes the grandkids and their needs to the edges of my life. So all of us have to struggle through this and actually be realistic. You know, Phil and I are working and we're doing ministry at this stage of our lives. So how do we rearrange our lives hmm. to make sure that there's well, plenty even, of space. Well, even next week, you know, like we're going, Phil and I mm -hmm. are speaking at a church and then we're going to be at a camp and uh, it worked out to take Scarlett with us. So it's yes. great because she gets to go with mm -hmm. me as a dad, mm -hmm. but then she also gets to have that time mm -hmm. with you yeah. as a, as a yeah. grandfather. So there's those, you know, you just try to work it. What are you, what are you laughing, laughing Because last year she came, but you only came for the second half. And I remember. at first she wasn't glad when you showed up because knew. she knew that authority was coming into the room. <laughs> I told you got there. I was like, sure, go get some milkshake. I don't care. Go yeah. get some French fries. Uh, yeah. And dad goes up, Scarlett, do not need too much sugar. Yeah. <laughs> but even <laughs> that was healthy for her. She had to then live with her choices because mom and dad were not saying no. So yeah. she, she had a couple days of freedom oh yeah, yeah. well i mean exactly. I, and i got there i was like i you know i tried as much no, as i could great. to not rock the boat because i was like great. i get this you you know, i get the attention but you kind of saw that she needed that independence yeah and i think that's totally and i mean you 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 say no a lot in controlled environments so yeah. when you're in, in a not controlled environment you can say yes you know and if you're enjoying this content and you want to go deeper we have an amazing resource that we want to tell you about it's the intentional film series raising passionate jesus followers now, this is an incredible tool for you for spiritual formation in the family. And we created this film series to help parents in their God-given task to raise and disciple their own children. Now, our hope is that we're able to help you and give you some of the tools that I know we so desperately need as we're in the process of raising our kids and Phil and Diane have actually raised their kids. This is a nine session film series on the process of what raising a passionate Jesus follower actually looks like. There's some workable solutions in here. There's a bunch of wisdom from the scriptures and there's a bunch of practical help in your journey as you are raising your children. We cover all sorts of things like parental roles, goals versus values. What is discipline versus punishment? 
How do I create a heart of obedience in my child where they actually want to obey? What does a heart of self-control look like? Or how do I even help my child in the process of character development? We cover that and so many more things. You can use this film series in a variety of ways. You can use it at your home, preferably with your spouse if that's applicable, with a group of friends or in your community, or even through your local church. All you need to do is head over to our website, intentionalparents.org, click on film series, and then follow the prompts. We have a bunch of other resources there that you can check out, but we do pray that this blesses you in your pursuit of raising passionate Jesus followers. Okay, thirdly, because we, we have a handful and these are so good, I just don't want to miss them. Yeah, is, well, I think that was the longest one. That's a good, but but it was Number really three. good. Mm-hmm. Number three is respectful. Right. Be oh. respectful. Phil, yes. talk to us about that. Yeah, I just think that comes with, uh, it's connected to humility. If you're an arrogant, you're going to be disrespectful. And yeah. if you're and walking judgmental. and judgmental, and, you know, what they used to call a sin sniffer, <laughs> you know, like, you know, Jesus said, take the log out of your own eye yeah. before you try to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, I think respectful goes back to Ephesians 6, 4, yeah. where children are commanded to honor their parents and mm-hmm. parents are commanded fathers. It's actually specifically fathers not to provoke their children to mm-hmm. anger. And we do a whole teaching on this in our conference. But mm-hmm. uh, when we um, one of the ways we do it is by saying disrespectful things. So it's like, Mm. you know, um, that was stupid. How many times have I told you not to do that? You know? Yeah. And I think that with our grown kids who are raising our grandkids, if we're correcting them and Mm -hmm. being disrespectful to them, uh, they're not going to want to listen to us. So we need to build them up. Hey, you guys, you're doing a great job. It's exhausting. You're giving Mm. your life away right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud of you. Yeah. Oh, this is so interesting that you're saying this right now. So I was I was teaching at a church yesterday, and uh, one of the pastors there is my friend, and he was standing there. He's a great dude. He's just a great dude. And I just put my arm around him, and all I said was, I just want you to know, because this was true. I was just said, I just want you to know you're a really good man. Yeah. I'm maybe three, four years older than this guy, mm-hmm. so I'm not mm-hmm. fatherly per se. But I just put my arm around him and said, I think you're a really good man. He called me last night just to tell me how moving that was. Yeah. And not a text, not a text, a phone call. <laughs> yes. That's the next yeah. level. And so uh, I, I think to just say to your point, those were like our yeah. our generation, we're starving for people to just say what they actually see, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a big there's a big piece of what well, you're talking yeah, about. Well, yeah, you're talking about the power of encouragement which mm-hmm. remember we we had a whole teaching we did on that at forest home a couple of years ago the camp we're gonna sure. be at mm-hmm. yeah there's a there's a massive encouragement deficit mm-hmm. it's cancel culture sure. i'm gonna find the thing that you did that which is i the disagree opposite with of respect right yeah it's disrespectful yeah. Mm-hmm. you're an yes. idiot yeah. and i i know better and you shouldn't have yes. done that and yeah i'm gonna cancel you whatever and um i think that's our that's kind of the air that's Floating around America, mm-hmm. hatred, yeah. anger, or just that phrase "do better." Do better. Then there's a the left and the right yeah. argument, all that kind of stuff. But I feel like encouragement. I love your thing where you guys made a pact that if you're saying something good about somebody, that you tell them. Yeah, yes. we don't so, say something good about yeah. somebody behind their back. Yeah, yeah. If we we're saying something good, then we immediately pick up. And the also phone. bad, and everybody needs that. You, yeah. If you're a parent, your children, what they Diane thought it up, your children will become who you tell mm-hmm. them you see them becoming. They will rise to the challenge. Um, but it, and everybody needs it. 
you know, yes. to needs to say, hey, I saw this in you. Yeah. And, you know, I'm proud of you, especially if it's a character quality. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the best way that we can show respect to our children, because that's what we're talking about. Yep. We are not expecting our parent, our kids to have this long list of this is what it looks like to honor me. There's nowhere in scripture mm -hmm. that older parents are told to make sure that their their adult kids honor them. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no no real definition of what it means to honor your parents because we all know situations where where we can't actually do what our parents want from us because yeah. it would be harmful to us or harmful to our families. Yes. So it isn't necessarily honoring to do what your parents are demanding of you. Mm -hmm. um, but this whole idea of us respecting, giving respect to the next generation, mm -hmm. I think is just critical. I think, and we do it largely with words, mm. with the words we do say and the words we don't say, you right. know, mm. sins of omissions and sins of commission. So by never saying something like to your son-in-law, you are really a good man. Mm. I mean, you are just a good man. I'm receiving that never, like you're saying yes, it to me. Yes. I'm taking it. If we don't <laughs> say that, you're a good man. then it, there's always that question mark in their head. What do they really think of me? You yes. know, do yes. they, does he, do they actually respect me? Do they see how far I've come? Do they see how hard I'm working? Do they see mm. how hard I'm trying? Mm -hmm. So that is just one of the best gifts I think that we can give to our adult children I to agree. say, we see, we see who you are becoming and we're proud of you yes. or even like we have this little thing in our house that i i've probably heard from somebody else it's not bragging when it's in the family so i want my kids my adult kids to come to me and tell me when they did we did something really commendable cool. yeah. i i want to hear because when it's your family it's not bragging. When it's your family, it's like, oh, let me celebrate you. Yeah, it's right. part of intimacy is getting to celebrate. Cool moments. Um, good moments. Yeah. Successful. Or when somebody said something good about you mm. or you accomplished something. Yeah. I mean, recently you guys made some, you guys have like the best economizers I think I've ever seen. You just make every penny count. Are you talking about been, us? I'm talking about oh. you guys. You guys have been doing this for years. You use, use that crazy app for- Making no where, money helps you feel like you should okay. budget the money you have. Okay, but That's I, the you know, for me to, to be able to say, I just honor you that then you just paid off your cars. So you now- I know yeah. you've had trouble with the car that you just bought, yeah. but on the other hand, <laughs> sure. I mean, like, I want to honor you. I mean, that's a pretty amazing thing that you've economized to the point of being able to drive yeah. two decently good cars debt-free. Yeah. Um, but Thank let you. us celebrate that with you is such a great thing. So I think being respectful towards your kids is... Um, a key to being able to then even be respectful towards your grandkids. That means that you do not have to tell them that you don't like that the fact that they're doing or dressing or doing makeup or doing life in ways that you don't approve of. Yes. Maybe just we're not supposed to. That's maybe not our role anymore. Let's retire the role of disapproval yeah. and mm -hmm. just give our approval. And, um, you know, I've heard 
think I've told this story before, is where we used to have at our church a, a whole night in prayer where the women would gather and would pray. And there was this one, the star of every year was Isabel Moore, who was in her 90s by then. And the way she loved on the younger generation, not seeing, I mean, and she was the classiest lady, always wore pearl earrings and a pearl necklace and high heels. And, you know, she was so classy. But she had the ability to see every young woman who came to her as, as a beautiful woman. So she mm. could see past the tattoos and the piercings and the, you know, hair colors and the styles and see who into the were. heart of yeah. the women. That's what, mm. that's what I yeah. think all of us, I think that's what is being respectful yeah. to it. See past it all yeah. and into this heart of gold yeah. Yeah. and express it. So the fourth way. Let's go into four. We've got a couple okay, more. Okay, so uh, fourth is humble, helpful, respectful, prayerful. Yes, grandparents. Yeah, to, so it's to a pri- prayer is a privilege. We can literally talk to God the, because of Jesus. Yep. Through Jesus, we can enter the throne room of God and talk to the Creator of the universe. Right. And I don't think any of us. I'll speak for myself. I don't fully understand the power of that. But I do believe that when we're with the Lord one day, none of us are going to say, oh, I should have prayed less. Mm-hmm. I should have prayed more. So like this, <laughs> we're all praying for Rebecca True. right now. We're all praying. The whole family's mm-hmm. praying for her. She's in labor mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I- Diane's I'm, checking her phone I'm as you're I'm checking my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, my as, prayer, as you're talking. You know, Diane had to wash her hair today. So we normally walk together, walk trooper together. So I walked him. And even I prayed most of my walk for specific things about Rebecca, knowing her and knowing, you know, Steve and Rebecca for this. And so we pray for our uh, our kids. So that's our mm-hmm. daughter. That's, you know, child number two, Elizabeth's mm-hmm. number three. So we, I think that we need to pray for our adult children. Mm-hmm. And that's part of being a godly grandparent. Yes. And then, you know, uh, to, con- you know, confess our faults here so like long years ago we decided we have to walk our dog every morning Mm -hmm. anyway we want to when your kids are gone your dog becomes your kid and so we would walk him and diane said why don't but we make it our goal by the time we're done with our walk we pray for all of our kids and all of our grandkids we did it faithfully for a while now we're usually planning the day and we pray a little bit we we still pray but we we can no longer say every morning we walk and we pray i've been following your lack of prayer i want to take a second so here's the deal holds us accountable brooke and elizabeth (laughs) that is you know and and oftentimes by planning our day we just almost start our day early in the morning in this sort of business relationship we yeah exactly really careful isn't good for us. so we that is praying for our kids and here's uh, i think an insight about that is as we're praying for our kids let's ask the holy spirit to show us how to pray for our kids mm-hmm. yeah. so um instead of just giving him direction everything we want him to do in their lives let's ask him and lean into listening for each of our grandkids and our kids how how are we to pray how are yes. we to come alongside jesus is praying for them how are we to yeah. come alongside jesus and join in you, prayer yeah. and i think we will not know until we see him face to face how powerful those yes, prayers were what so what got prevented because what mistakes were not yeah. made. Mm-hmm. What relationships never um, happened because of that time of praying for them. Before we move on to the next one, I just had written when we were scribbling this list, I wrote down pray first. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you want to talk to your kids about something or even ask them, 
how can we be more helpful? Pray first because yeah. <laughs> they might ask something of you that you yes. go, whoa, whoa. that's yeah. a big sacrifice. But if uh-huh. you prayed about it, maybe God will prepare uh-huh. your heart for it. I used to have a plaque on my desk um, when we were leading Solid Rock and said, have you prayed about it? I stuck it right smack on my desk because yes. things were moving so fast. We we're just making decisions. No, yep. yes, yes, like, go there, do it. that. So I had to stick this right in front of me. Have you prayed about it? Yeah. Um, because I was making decisions without praying about it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, we need to do that. And I, I heard a quote one time, um, after you've prayed, you can do more than pray, but you shouldn't do anything until you've prayed. Yes. <laughs> and so I think just pray mm-hmm. first. Yeah. Prayer is super, super important. That's great. And anything else on prayer? Elizabeth, before we move to the next one? No, I think we can move to the next okay, one. Okay, number five is uh, I wrote down careful. Mm. So we want to mm-hmm. be humble, helpful, respectful, prayerful, and careful yeah. in what we say and don't say. Um, mm. Godly speech is careful. It's, you know, there's the verse in uh, Proverbs 16 that, um, well, there's one that I memorized for myself, Proverbs 10, 19, he who restrains his lips is wise Mm -hmm. because I'm one who talks a lot. And so godly speech is being careful. It's not just, you know, every, every word we speak has the power to hurt or heal. And so, um, I feel like, uh, that one is talking about godly speech is kind of restrained, but I like I like Proverbs fifteen twenty three better. Uh, how delightful is a timely word? Yeah. So it's a word spoken in right circumstances, and so mm-hmm. I think you know if we want to, as grandparents, be more helpful and not yeah. hurtful to our mm-hmm. kids. And I'm talking to myself here. Mm-hmm. You are a very, Diane, you're a very careful speaker. You mm-hmm. think about what you say before you say it. You're an internal processor. People that are external processors mm-hmm. that use a lot of words, tend, you're going to. Tend to blurt things <laughs> That's out. why there's that <laughs> funny proverb that says he who says nothing is considered wise. Yes, says, yes, I love that one. Because <laughs> you didn't say anything stupid, yeah. right? But so, still, everybody has to be careful because, yeah. Everybody yeah. has to be careful because you don't even know sometimes how your words are going to be heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we want to make sure that they're heard in the right way. And if you're prayerful, then your words will be more careful. Yes. And be- here's here's one thing about careful speech. As followers of Jesus and raised in an era um, where we really heard the Bible well taught and we were taught to go to the Bible for everything, which I still believe is the best. Mm. We, our generation had a tendency to make, take one verse and make it like a quick fix for everything. For instance, the one that I'm really anxious to study, but I haven't had a chance to as well, has to do with in Philippians. Um, And in a time when um, anxiety seems to be in the air we breathe and our grandchildren are largely being sabotaged, I believe, Mm -hmm. by demonic forces in this area of anxiety. What I keep hearing is people more like my age take Mm -hmm. put a quick fix on it and say, well, you know, the Bible says be anxious for nothing. 
Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This is an absolute truth. Mm. But when we slap it on as a sort of Band-Aid, then we're then we are misusing mm. scripture in a really harmful way, mm-hmm. um, because if anybody's experienced actual physical anxiety, they know that you don't actually have the capability in that moment not to worry about anything. Mm. You have the pr- capability right. to stuff it, yes. but then your body betrays you and that's when often panic attacks happen or or unreasonable outbursts happen because of the buildup of the tension so that's just an example of being really careful Mm. with what you say to your kids and don't slap on little um out of context not well-studied Bible verses as a simple fix (laughs) to a complex problem yeah like just stop worrying it's yeah. not that hard. Yeah. Just be thankful. <laughs> Just be thankful. Yeah. Before we do the last one, uh, yes. I wanted to read this one little uh, sentence from a, a, a Proverbs commentary that I use a lot. Because uh, Proverbs 15.23, it specifically says, a man or woman has joy in an apt answer and how delightful is a timely word. And uh, this sentence here is, a truth that makes no impression as a generalization. Okay. You're a great guy may be indelibly fixed in the mind when it's matched to its occasion and shaped to its task. So it's it's talking about being a craftsman with words. With Diane is a craftsman, as a writer. You craft words. And and so if in this situation, like what mm. you did yesterday with the pastor, that you it was a timely word. You said mm. it at a moment mm-hmm. and in a way that he was so touched by it he called you mm-hmm. so it wasn't just hey i just thanks for having me today you're a great guy mm-hmm. yeah. he wouldn't have called you but you're right. whatever you said and the way you said it and when you said it indelibly fixed in his mind something that actually touched his soul mm-hmm. so i think that that's what that's we're talking about with careful speech so we have words have the power to build up or tear down mm-hmm. and and to be like a moment where you can um be used by God to mm-hmm. bring hope and help to someone. Okay. That's You're right. right. And, the last one? and lastly, hopeful. 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 Yeah, Tell us Diane's what that going like. to read verse seven, which I started to read from Psalm 78. Before she does, though, I do have one other scripture about hopeful. First uh, Corinthians 13 is God's description of love. Hmm. And this is what God's love is like. And verse seven says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. Mm-hmm endures all things it love love god's love unconditional love is hopelessly optimistic Mm. so i think when when we look at our kids and we and we see the great job they're doing and and you're but they're just caught up in the middle of it yeah they got in an argument again and i corrected Mm. her for the 18th time (laughs) Mm. but the grandparents are seeing a bigger picture they're seeing like what you're doing brick by brick by brick you're doing a great job and they can come in and be hopelessly optimistic and bring some hope mm. to you because That's it ends now mm-hmm. abide faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. There's three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. And hope is huge. We need hope. We have the hope of the resurrection. We have the hope of eternal life. We need to bring hope to our kids, but grandparents need to be hopeful with their children and be hopelessly optimistic um, while they're being helpful. 
You know, uh, several years ago, speaking of hopeful, um, uh, there was, I can't remember what ministry it was that, um, oh, was it, um, I can't remember. But there was a saying that was really, really insightful about what your son or grandson needs, what your daughter or um, granddaughter needs. And that is what every boy is needing to hear. Is what, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> it's something yeah, important. Every, the girl. I'll it, do the girl. Every boy is longing to hear, you have what, what it, it takes. takes. And I cannot and, think of anybody better than their grandparents to be able to look wow. at their boy, to look at Duke, to look at Moses, to look at Jude and say, you have, have what, what it, it takes. takes. And this is what I'm seeing in you that makes me realize you have what it takes. You know, oh, I agree. This summer, uh, we had our yard put in, and there was a pretty vast difference between what we could pay our 13-year-old grandson, Duke, to yeah, plant to yep. and what it would cost for a professional to come and just dig the hole. So we obviously we paid Duke, but it was a perfect opportunity to uh, for us to say over and over again, mm-hmm. Duke, you are such a hard worker. You you amaze us, which is akin to saying you have what it takes to be successful in life. He needs us. Mm-hmm. He works hard with he a really good does. attitude. And but what a great thing for grandma and grandpa to get to say that day after day after day when he's mm-hmm. pouring sweat and he's dirty <laughs> yeah. and it's not fun, anymore. not fun anymore. And the promise of riches is paltry compared <laughs> to the output. But then what is the other one? Every woman, every girl yeah. is asking Am I lovely? No, not beautiful. Am I lovely? (laughs) This is not just an external kind of a thing. Although, you know what? That's that's important too. Mm -hmm. Scarlet at this age of her life Mm -hmm. needs to be told, I see beauty, I see loveliness Mm -hmm. in you. And who better than grandma and grandpa? Not just, oh, you look pretty today. Oh, yeah. But, well, that's different than lovely. But e- yeah. even on appearance thing, oh, you look so vibrant in that color today. You, you're you just choosing such mm-hmm. cute things to wear that, you know, I mean, it may seem superficial, but the reality is if we're not going to be overly idealistic, every little girl is looking in the mirror oh, at yes. Scarlett's age at 11 mm-hmm. and asking if she compares to others. How, yeah. how does she care? Oh, so Sloan Dage. It isn't I mean- just beauty. The minute I do Sloan's hair in the morning after she's gotten dressed, she goes straight to the, to the full mirror. length mirror in our room and she, she looks. Yes. You know? I didn't teach her to do that. No. I didn't that's just no. She gets it from me. I'm constantly <laughs> checking my hair in checking the mirror. Your hair. But in how much mirror. more even to be able to point out the good things that they're doing when they're You're patient right. with each other, when Scarlett is helping her siblings, watching over them. We went on a bike ride with the girls yesterday. And I heard Sloan all about this, by the way. Keeping up. This. My goodness, that Sloan on that little tiny bike. Her legs are moving a I know, mile She needs a, a different bike. We're, but we're a couple times, she, she definitely needs a bigger bike. But a couple times, she couldn't keep up. And I noticed that Scarlett was the first one to wait up for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to point that out to Scarlett, that's a really beautiful thing that you were waiting for your sister oh, there. I know. That you were even watching, that you even noticed that she was having trouble. I so agree. Up. So I can't think thing I can't think of anything better than a grandparent to do, but to be um, um huh. really heartfelt in giving hope 
to, to their, their grandkids. Yeah. Um, and and giving hope to their 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 kids, their adult kids. I think giving hope is really important because there's so much of it where yes. it's hard to see. So you guys have a perspective that we don't. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to get stuck in this stage and go, I don't know, is this like the end of the world? Is this yeah. behavior or stage or moment or season of their development? Is this going to be the thing that undoes me or undoes yeah. them? And yeah. maybe sometimes, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you guys can come in and give perspective and hope at like, no, 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 that's actually, maybe you don't have to be so overwhelmed about that. Or maybe, have you thought about this? Maybe so it's yeah. such an incredible gift. And here's the thing, when we practice these things, I feel like um, the automatic response, at least of our kids has been to ask for us to actually um, be willing to step up and speak into their kids' lives mm-hmm. at times too. Hmm. Um so, but here's the verse for hope. Uh, we're coming back to Psalm 78. We read the first several verses, but verse seven, this is why. So each generation can set its hope anew on God, hmm. remembering his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Hmm. That is the point of all of this. Yes. I want Scarlet and Duke and Bertie and Sloan to set their heart on God, their hope mm. on God, mm-hmm. to remember these glorious miracles. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't every family, intact family, mm-hmm. who loves each other right there a glorious miracle? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But all those stories and that will make them remember that God has been steadfast and faithful in their grandparents' lives, in their parents' lives, and now in their lives. And then they set their hope anew on God is is really in the end that is why mm-hmm. we want to be intentional grandparents yes humble helpful respectful prayerful careful and hopeful these six things whether you're a grandparent or you are a parent as you both phil and elizabeth wisely pointed out these are six things so as you grab these things process them pray for them and we do hope that this blesses you on your journey of parenting, grandparenting, and beyond. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, here's a few ways that you can partner with us in this ministry. First is to give. Intentional Parents is a nonprofit, and we rely on the generous giving of our partners. So please head over to our website, intentionalparents.org slash give, if you would like to become one of our partners through giving. Second is to share it. If this has at all been helpful to you, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, and those that you know would be blessed by it. Third is to follow us on social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at intentional underscore parents. And lastly, if you would head over to iTunes, if you enjoyed today's episode and leave a review on iTunes, this helps us bring more hope, help, and healing for families.